Coming up, what an excellent day for The History of the Devil. Part 16. Howdy, folks, and welcome to another episode of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we normally examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist Minute by Terrifying Minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we are still your holy guides on this journey through the history of the devil. And today, we are covering book three of John Milton's epic poem, Paradise Lost. You remember last time, folks, Satan called a council in pandemonium with all the other angels. Some argued for war, some for peaceful sloth. Mm-mm, peaceful sloth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that slothy goodness. <laughs> and others uh, just wanted to have an 80s montage where they fix up hell and make it a place uh, uh, fit to live, right? Uh, but ultimately, the new plan uh, was to decide to send someone out to brave the realm of chaos and find this new earth they've been hearing so much about and uh, this new creature called man. Mm. And Satan volunteers and everybody cheers because everybody loves Satan. And he's like, Deborah! <laughs> I'm going out to initiate the fall of man. <laughs> Do you need anything, sweetie? Everybody loves Satan. <laughs> oh, Beelzebub lighting up. <laughs> that's um, that's Satan and Beelzebub's mom. <laughs> Played by Doris Roberts. <laughs> no, he, he heads to the gates of hell where he finds, uh, oh, this really is a sitcom. He, he, finds, he finds his wife, his daughter, his son, and his grandson. And that's two people. <laughs> Coming Wednesdays. This fall on Fox. <laughs> Full house question mark? <laughs> Family matters. <laughs> Family matters. Yeah. Father knows best. Yeah. <laughs> All in the fa- Oh, no, no. <laughs> wow. It's all- Keenan, all the 80s and 90s sitcom titles yeah, are just all about incest. That's, that's what that all is. all it is. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> Different strokes. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> Welcome back, Connor. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, 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 okay. So no, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a bit of family drama. Um, he mm-hmm. meets. So basically, yeah, he meets um, sin and death. Right? right. Sin being his daughter slash lover um mm-hmm. and death being his son slash grandson because right. we already explained that in book two i'm not going to go through it again um, we're going to run into them a couple of times yeah so we are go. right um they're going to build a way to hell no <laughs> and we're going to see a, a stairway to heaven in this one mm-hmm, oh. mm-hmm. so yeah um but no uh, so so yeah there's a bit of family drama um they're they're sin and death are guarding the gates uh but satan's like kids Dad's got a plan. And they're like, okay. And they open up the gates and Satan enters the realm of chaos, mm-hmm. ruled by chaos. <laughs> and, and he meets chaos and chaos points the way to this, this new world, this, this earth. And, and Satan gets right up to the border of heaven and, and he sees below hanging by a golden chain. He sees the world. He sees the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sets his course for it. And that's where the second book ends. And that's where we pick up today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, as always, uh, let's read the argument, or this is the trailer, this is the Star Wars crawl at the top of each book, and this is the argument for book three. So, God, sitting on his throne, sees Satan flying towards this world, then newly created. 
shows him to the son who sat at his right hand, foretells the success of Satan in perverting mankind, clears his own justice and wisdom from all imputation, having created man free and able enough to have withstood his tempter, yet declares his purpose of grace towards him. In regard he fell not of his own malice as did Satan, but by him seduced. The Son of God renders praises to his Father for the manifestation of his gracious purpose towards man. But God again declares that grace cannot be extended towards man without the satisfaction of divine justice. Man hath offended the majesty of God by aspiring to Godhead, and therefore with all his progeny devoted to death must die, unless someone can be found sufficient to answer for this offense and undergo his punishment. The Son of God freely offers himself as a ransom for man. The Father accepts him, ordains his incarnation, pronounces his exaltation above all names in heaven and earth, commands all the angels to adore him. They obey, and hymning to their harps in full choir, celebrate the Father and the Son. Meanwhile, Satan alights upon the bare convex of this world's outermost orb, where, wandering, he first finds a place since called the Limbo... Of vanity. Yeah, folks, you thought we were done with that, too. No. Uh, what persons and things fly up thither. Thence comes to the gate of heaven, described ascending by stairs, and the waters above the firmament that flow about it. His passage thence to the orb of the sun. He finds there Uriel, the regent of that orb, but first changes himself into the shape of a meaner angel, and, pretending a zealous desire to behold the new creation and man whom God had placed there, inquires of him the place of his habitation, and is directed alights first on Mount Nephates. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, folks, that's what we got today. Um, and you know what, Lester? Good job with all of this, because, I mean, you're reading it, but, like, Milton spells choir with a Q, oh, you yeah. know, and it's all crazy. Ransom oh, yeah, has folks. an E in it, for, you know. Yeah, if, if you're reading along, folks, I'm doing some, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing them just as they come up. It's like, it's like running a, an obstacle course in the dark. And I'm just like, oh, hymns? Oh, he spells hymns this way, and he right. spells choir this way. You know, and online, you know, there's there, there, and there, and Milton yep, yep, has invented yep. a fourth version of there. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so good work, Lester. That's all I'm saying. He even has a different way to spell limbo. Unacceptable. <laughs> That's unacceptable. <laughs> Absolutely. <right? laughs> Don't mess with my limbo. Yeah. But it's like like the first thing is like, it's like he, um, what was it? Uh, God sitting on his throne, sees Satan flying towards this world, then newly created, shoes him to the sun. <laughs> That's S H E. W-S. I'm thinking that means shows, but, you know, it's shoes, right? Because Milton's God is Groundskeeper Willie. <laughs> right. Do you want to get shooed, boy? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, folks, um, that, that is what we got today. Um, that, was, that was the argument for book three. You might notice uh, there's a lot of God and Jesus in this book. Yeah, there's um, a lot of God and Jesus in this book. There's quite a lot, yeah. Um, you might say it's ever-present, yeah. It's, it's, it's om, om, omnipresent, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is around where I stopped reading in high school. Um, not because I thought it was heretical, but because I just didn't find it as interesting. Um, I think a lot of people feel the same way around this point. It's the, it's the same reason why many of us don't read past Dante's Inferno, right? Maybe Purgatorio, but I imagine even fewer people read uh, Paradiso. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's because, as, as we said on the show, right, quoting uh, Simone Weil, uh, imaginary evil is romantic and buried. Real evil is gloomy, monotonous, barren, boring. Imaginary good is boring, Real good is always new, marvelous, intoxicating. Um, but yeah, so this is this is you know 
imaginary good, right? As, as much as Milton would have us believe that this is God sitting on his throne with Jesus at his mm-hmm. right hand, um, these are characters that Milton created, um, just, just like his Satan. Um, but the difference is that Milton cast Satan as an adventurer, as a fighter, as a, a general, a, a fallen king, a mm-hmm. rebel, an explorer. Milton cast God as God, mm-hmm. or at least how he understands God to be. And this is where he gets in a bit of hot water. Some critics have argued that portraying God as a character risks anthropomorphizing, let me say that word again, anthropomorphizing the divine and reducing the ineffable nature of God to a human-like figure. They see it as presumptuous and overly simplistic since uh, God is supposed to be beyond human comprehension. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also argue that attributing human-like motives and decisions to God can raise moral and theological concerns, particularly in how God handles the problem of evil, which that's the whole reason Milton put him here in this chapter, in this uh, book. Uh, In fact, that's the whole reason of the entire poem, he says, is to justify the ways of God to men. Mm -hmm. And the way Milton chose to do that was to make God a character and have him justify himself. Mm -hmm. They inevitably compare this to um, Dante's Paradiso, where uh, Dante also meets God, but God is less of a traditional character with like human attributes and more of a transcendent spiritual, um, overwhelming presence that Dante cannot describe. Mm, right? I have to take your word on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I haven't read it. I just, that's, that's what I hear. Right. <laughs> but yeah, like compared to, you know, Milton's God who has a body and is sitting on a throne and is saying words like a regular character. Mm. I don't know. Keenan, how do you feel about this? I mean, uh, I understand those critiques, but they should talk to the writers of the Bible who do some of that stuff. I do a lot yeah. of that stuff, right? They yeah. anthropomorphize him. Mm-hmm. They have him explaining, you know, in the vernacular to Job why he's doing things. Uh, right, right. Yeah. So I get it. I mean, this is Milton writing it as a, as a fictional character. And, mm-hmm. um, but wouldn't everybody understand that this is a version? I mean, this is in the 1600s. These aren't like yeah. unsophisticated people. They understand that this no. is, uh, um, you know, Milton's version of it and that it is a character, I would think. He's not writing this like it is a Bible, like he's writing a new Bible or a new, um, a new gospel, I mean. True, but I wonder if back then it was just heretical to even have God be a character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I remember when I was growing up and there, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, can I wear my devil costume in heaven, right? <laughs> it's like, no, you can you can wear your devil costume, you know, on Halloween. And But I remember then asking, well, can I dress up as Jesus for Halloween? <laughs> and my mom being like, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, why not? You know, just like this innocent kid's like, uh, you know, geez, I can't, I can't dress up as the devil in heaven and I can't dress up as Jesus for Halloween, you know. Well, you could but, dress up like Jesus in hell if you'd like to, little I boy. I mean, yeah, like they probably have no problem with that, you know. But, uh, but no, like I think, I think that's the, 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 the sticking point for these people. It's not that like, it's, it's not so much how God is portrayed, mm-hmm. but that he is portrayed at all, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, versus, I don't know, like, I kind of feel that there's like a little bit of separation in the Bible. There's like mm-hmm. this, he, like, the style in which God is a character in the Bible versus mm-hmm. how he's here. He, mm, I don't know, like, like, you, you got me on that one, Keenan. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. It just, it feels a little bit different, but maybe that's just because like, you know, I understand that this is the Bible and this is, you know. Yeah, and this is fiction, right. Yeah, right. But yeah, but uh, but yeah, so so for me, like I said, uh, this conversation between God and Jesus is one of the less exciting bits um, in this this poem. And it also, like I said, trivializes God in such a way. And I, like, 
you know, any kind of like fictional depiction of God is going to trivialize him. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the thing that he's saying right now is supposed to be the center of the poem. Like he's talking about the problem of evil. He's trying to have God, the character, explain to us the problem of evil. But even if it's God, the character, the words are still coming from Milton, the writer, mm-hmm. right? Which, you know, the, this whole thing is is Bible fan fiction. And, mm-hmm. and, and there have been fictional depictions of God that have worked for me. Um, and I can't explain why that is. Um, I'm mostly thinking of like comedies. Sure. Uh, maybe, maybe it's because like, you know, they stated up front that it's a comedy and it's not like aiming for anything more. This is what like, Oh, oh God with George like, Burns. Oh God. Says, yeah, or, with George um, Burns or Bruce Almighty or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, even like, uh, you know, watching good omens now. Right. Uh-huh. Oh, the, and, the, the God is in good omens. Right. Well, oh. like, like, uh, her voice. Oh right? really? Okay. It's her voice. Yeah. Oh, right? oh, oh. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like those, those depictions are a little bit more palatable. Um, beca- I think because it's like, it's stating right off the bat, like this is, this is going to be irreverent. This is a parody. This is a play. Like, you know, we're not pretending to be, I'm not trying to justify the ways of God to men. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in American dad, uh, Stan prays at one point and yeah. he says, mm-hmm. uh, dear Lord, it's me, Stan, etc." And he says, um, uh, and once again, I apologize for, for them casting Whoopi Goldberg to play you in that <laughs> Muppet movie. <laughs> I was not a part of that decision. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so God has been a character, and and uh, and we have we have had you know fun with the character of God. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, maybe we should maybe we should talk about this on the show, like okay. like as an extra little thing. Have you have you seen that little like animated series, God, the Devil, and Bob? Oh yeah, God, the Devil, and Bob, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I saw every episode of it because it lasted like five episodes. Yeah, it was literally it was just five <laughs> episodes. Yeah. So folks, I think it's I think it's on YouTube in its entirety. Oh, okay. go check out God, the Devil, and Bob. Um, it's a yeah, it's a it's a pretty fun little romp. Um, and that God short. is looks like Jerry Garcia, and that's kind yeah. of the idea. And he's like wears sandals, and it's kind of like a slacker, right? Kind of like a hippie, right? Like, right, older right, person. Right. Yeah, right. Um, and he's like like the first thing we see him doing is like stealing a beer. Um, <laughs> you know, and he's but but like he's he's got that wisdom he's got that god wisdom um <laughs> you know and uh but yeah no no it's, I, I like that show yeah um you know what i mean because because milton is writing in you know he's like what a couple of decades removed from shakespeare so it has that shakespearean uh-huh. language so it feels yeah. like the bible in some ways yeah. because we we associate um that um I don't know what you'd call it, Jamesian or Stuartian or, or whatever, like that, right. that level of uh, of early modern English that we right. know from the King James Bible. Like, well, this sounds like scripture, uh-huh, <laughs> but uh-huh. it's not. Right. It isn't. It's it isn't. just for funsies. Right. Don't yeah. you worry. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So so let's get into this book proper. Um, mm-hmm. It opens with another invocation. Remember, Milton invoked the power of the Holy Spirit to be his muse at the beginning of the poem in book one. Um, now, at the beginning of this book, uh, book three, he is singing his praises to light, specifically light, uh, first thing created by God and, and something he is glad to be in the presence of once again. Um, he, I feel like he's doing that thing. I actually like this when authors do this. He's, he's like, boy, those first two chapters were pretty dark and scary. It's good <laughs> to be back in the light, right? Um, this is something that, that, uh, Dickens sometimes does or, or someone imitating Dickens, like he'll, he'll dip in and he'll be like, oh, this, this next part is actually a little bit spooky. Right? You might, <laughs> you might want to get, you might want to get ready. Right. Or, or he's like, oh, just, just, I'll just tell you now these, uh, these new people that Oliver Twist meets are, are really <laughs> shitty to him. Um, but it gets better after this, I promise. Um, and then yeah. it does. Yeah, Harriet Beecher Stowe does that in Uncle Tom's Cabin, which I read pretty recently, and it's a ah. little interesting because I mean, she's like, "Well, yeah, slavery really sucks, but here's a here's a lighter chapter." I'm like, I don't know if I want a lighter chapter, yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Stowe. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about some serious shit right here, right? Yeah. 
But yeah, it's like, and then, you know, like when the spooky stuff is all over for mm-hmm. Dickens, like he'll, he'll begin the next chapter was like, phew, glad that's over. <laughs> right. So yeah. So, so Milton's like, oh, great. Light. Thank God. Literally. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like those first two chapters were just too fun. I mean, scary. <laughs> Uh, but also, okay, so so Milton is playing the part of the blind prophet here, or mm-hmm. the blind poet, much like Homer, uh, and he mourns that he cannot see this light, uh, though he can still delight in holy song, both listening and singing. Uh, he says he will he will be like a nightingale which sings in the dark. But he asks that this holy light fill him in any case and give him eyes in his mind that he may, quote, see and tell of things invisible to mortal sight. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So after this, the book opens proper. And yes, we get God sitting on his throne up in heaven, observing all of creation. Um, And, okay, it's important to note here, and maybe this is one of the things that, um, you know, lets God off the hook here, um, that he is observing all things past, present, and future. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I brought these guys up before. It's a podcast called Classical Stuff You Should Know. And they have an episode on the theology of Paradise Lost. And one of the hosts breaks down, I think it's uh, 14 theological principles that you should know uh, before going into Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. Or you should you know, just know as you're going into it. Um, and from what I understand, these are principles which apply directly to Milton's story. So like in the Venn diagram bef- between um, pure fan fiction and actual theology, they've looked at it and, and they were like, okay – these things in your little story that could actually like jive with theology. Yeah. He says some of those are, some of these 14 things are um, scriptural and then some of them are like Milton's little twists on them. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it might be, some of them might be like uh, a little bit more over on, on that one side of the mm-hmm. Venn diagram. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to borrow uh, too much mm-hmm. from them. Um, I highly recommend you check them out for yourself. It's a really nice deep dive into the theology um, mm-hmm. of Paradise Lost. Uh, right. uh, classical stuff you should know. Um, and then come back here and uh, listen as we giggle about personal pizzas. <laughs> um, but okay, so so one of those theological principles explains how God knew the fall was going to happen and essentially explains why he didn't step in. Mm-hmm. And I'm paraphrasing here, so if this doesn't make sense, blame me, not them. Um, but it is because God exists out of time. And for God, all things have happened and are happening eternally. Mm-hmm. God, uh, uh, God doesn't remember or foresee. He just sees. Mm-hmm. So for God, this is an example they put forth. They said, for God, Christ is eternally on the cross and also eternally rising. Um, Moses is eternally parting the Red Sea, right? So all of these things are eternally happening, right? They have already happened and, and they are happening, right? Mm-hmm. As, soon as, as soon as God created everything, all creation was finished. It had played out and is playing out, uh, but not in a linear fashion. And the host says, that's a tricky concept for most people. And I, I would agree. I'm still a little bit uh, shaky on it. Um, I guess that's because I exist in time and <laughs> time is linear for me. And and we all see time as, as linear and something that passes. But but yeah, yeah that's- you, you know, Lester, you got you to gotta start seeing beyond linear time, man. I would highly recommend that. Just really, start, really? Yeah, just start seeing everything all at once. It's yeah. super cool, man. Yeah. Is there is there any kind of like substance that can um, then open my mind to that? Is there... <laughs> no, man. You just got to believe in it, man. You, you just, just got to believe in it. Yeah, all. man. That's, that's the problem, man. Satan's a square, man. <laughs> you know, you can't escape hell if you take hell with you, man. <laughs> Which is literally, that's what he says. That's right. his monologue. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but there is that the graphic novel Watchmen. Do you know Watchmen? Uh, yes. I, uh-huh. I, don't know, I don't know if we talked about it much, but yeah, um, Doctor Manhattan exists outside of time. So ah, from the okay. point of his birth, he sees himself in the future and the current, and um, he's his trouble is that he's trying to still have relationships with people who um, live in linear time, and he can't right. explain to them how um, you know his girlfriend is like. How could you? be making love to me while you already know that we're not going to be together in the end. Right. And he's like, well, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it to you that I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, folks, um, existing out of time, that's uh, for bigger brains than my own. Um, <laughs> Give it a shot though. Yeah. I'll, I'll try <laughs> like Milton. I will attempt. Yeah. But yeah, but, but it certainly aims to explain mm-hmm. at least partially this scene right here um, that a lot of people have trouble with. It's another attempt uh, at, uh, you know, quote, justifying the ways of God to men. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so so God is watching Satan head towards Eden. All the angels are up there with him, with God. And beside him, at his right hand, is Jesus. Mm. Now, he doesn't refer to him as Jesus, right. only the son. Um, Milton sometimes calls God God, but we'll have to see if he ever says the name Jesus in the poem. I can't remember. But yeah, in any case, God looks down at earth, at the Garden of Eden, where he sees Adam and Eve. Then he looks over the vast waste of chaos, sees hell, and sees Satan flying towards Eden. Which, remember folks, our last book ended with uh, Satan skirting the walls of heaven, trying not to be seen as he attempts to gain entry to the earth. And you imagine it's this like uh, Mission Impossible style heist, mm-hmm. right? You got patrolling angels and watchtowers with spotlights and and Satan's hugging the wall and he's wearing a balaclava <laughs> and, you know, he's got the music going. It's like, dun, 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 right? <laughs> and then in this book, you pan out and God and all the angels are just up there watching <laughs> And it's completely silent. And just off in the distance, you see a little Satan. And, and you realize that he's making the music. He's like, And they're just like eating their Pringles and drinking yeah. their, their um, Dr. Peppers and Millie. That's, that's yeah. weird. It's weird, like, weird what he's doing. Right. And just like one of them, one of them like, uh, you know, whispers to him. This is like, it's like brightest angel. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, he used to be. Yeah. He used to be the little used bright to be. in the leg yeah. area. <laughs> he's not the brightest bulb in the, well, whatever. We don't have bulbs yet. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. But yeah, so so God sees Satan heading towards Eden. And he basically explains to the son that Satan will succeed. Um, he will gain entry into Eden and successfully tempt Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And this speech here is the centerpiece, I think, of this book, book three. And you could say the centerpiece of the whole poem because God is saying it has to be this way because the alternative is to make Adam and Eve and Satan mindless programs or slaves that have no free will. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he he loves them, he cannot give them less than absolute freedom, freedom of will, freedom of thought, freedom of choice. And this goes with another principle that they mentioned on Classical Stuff You Should Know, and it is that a universe of love needs free will. Mm-hmm. Um, they make the analogy of like love robots. Um, and they say that, you know, that's not actually love, right? Mm-hmm. You know, programming a robot to love is not actual love, right? Right. And also by extension, and maybe we should have covered this uh, principle in book two or even book one when we were talking about hell. But another principle is that hell has to exist once free will exists. Um, and this sounds cruel and unreasonable if you, if you think of hell as like a punishment inflicted by God. Mm-hmm. But this actually kind of goes with my idea of hell, Keenan, right? Like if, if there is one, they they make this joke where, you know, uh, the guys on classical stuff, they, mm-hmm. they make this joke where, where Satan is basically like having a fight with God. And he says, I'm going to my room. And, and I'm going to piggyback off of that and say, God's response to that would be, well, I 
guess I have to create an upstairs and a room <laughs> now for you to go to and to be away from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Satan goes up there and he and he slams the door and he and he trashes his own room because he's so mad and he tears down the family photos and he and he puts up posters of metal bands that he doesn't even like. <laughs> but at least it's not pictures of him and God. And maybe maybe God comes up there with like a tray of sandwiches, but Satan's like, no. And he and he doesn't open the door and instead he just, you know, dips into his stash of extra long twizzlers. <laughs> And he's getting malnourished and, you know, he, he, he hasn't seen the sun in forever. And that's why, and that's why hell is like that, right? Better to reign in my angsty teenage bedroom than to, to have dinner with God. <laughs> right. But we, um, you need a hell in order for free will to exist. You need a hell because you have to have, there has to be consequences to mm-hmm. free will or else it's even, that's not free will. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. But no. Okay. So like, I'm actually being, you know, tongue in cheek here. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I actually like this idea, Keenan. It reminds me of the afterlife in What Dreams May Come, mm-hmm. where it's like it's what you bring with you to eternity that becomes your environment, mm-hmm. right? And so Satan, by his own choice and actions, has removed himself from God's presence. Right. He he goes into a place where God is not. God now has to create that place where he is absent. Um, and the absence of God is, you know, that's that's what some religious scholars say hell is. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's not fire and brimstone. It's just, it's just the absence of God. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how that feels. We don't know until we miss it. Um, it's like your heartbeat or your breath or, you know, the love of someone you take for granted. Mm-hmm. And so now hell exists. And without God, the only thing to fill hell is all the stuff that Satan brings, right? And what the, the fallen angels also bring. And I think I'm overstepping Milton's intentions here, but I really like the idea that in the first two books, Hell is like that because of Satan and the other angels, mm-hmm. right? They had fire and brimstone and gorgons and hydras in their hearts, and they filled this godless vacuum with that stuff. So we're seeing this now from God's point of view. Right. Which does throw me off a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But but is hell entirely absent of God in this version? Like how much, like, is there a boundary where now God cannot see into this hell? Is it like at the gate of hell and, and God is not there, but he can see in chaos. I'm a little unclear. Yeah. That's where it could, Yeah. It is. It is a little bit tricky. Cause okay. like, you know, uh, that's, that's the, you know, can God, can God make a place that even he can't go to? <laughs> Cause he does seem to have some control or it's implied yeah. where he allows them to get out of the lake and, right. and, and escape their battles. He knows about the council. We assume he knows. Well, about right. He all. must know about the council. He gives right sin the, um, the keys and everything like that. Or, but has he, has he learned about the council from the future, which he also sees instantaneously? <laughs> I think, no, I think this character, God mm-hmm. sees into hell, knows mm-hmm. all about hell, right. um, could go there if he wants, mm-hmm. but, uh, let's say like rather than the absence of like the distance from right mm-hmm. let's let's re let's reword it a little bit let's say like hell is is the place that is most distant from yeah him. and them falling in that lake is is like literally on the opposite end of the universe from yes. <laughs> from heaven right yes exactly mm-hmm. right yeah um but yeah so so god tells the son that mankind will also fall but they will seek and eventually find grace and redemption in part because Unlike Satan, they were tricked, and also unlike Satan, they will wish to redeem themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the son, you know, basically, you know, brings up uh, what we were just talking about: like, how can we have this whole free will thing and then avoid the consequences which mm-hmm. must come from choice? Mm-hmm. Um, someone has to bear the weight of those choices, and that's when God looks at him and says, "Yeah, about that." Um, <laughs> no, actually. Uh, it's the son who volunteers. God says that he's right. The consequences have to exist and someone has to bear them. Um, and he poses this question to 
everyone up in heaven. So all the angels are there. And Milton says they all felt sorry for mankind, but none of them wanted to step forward and take the bullet. Mm -hmm. um, and this actually, Keenan, reminded me of the council in hell where, you know, Beelzebub puts forth the uh, the question of who will go into, uh, you know, uh, chaos, who will who will brave the realm of chaos and, and eternal night and, uh, you know, find Eden. Mm -hmm. um, but remember, that council was, uh, was a sham. Beelzebub was setting up Satan to be a hero. Mm -hmm. um, but here in heaven, the sun is the one who speaks up and he says that he will do it. Um, he will pay the debt. And you don't have, like, there's not the same feeling of duplicity, I mm -hmm. feel like. Um, you know, it, it feels like God and the son came to this conclusion honestly. Mm -hmm. um, they weren't trying to like trick the angels and gain favor or reaffirm their power. Right. Um, it, was, it was a moment of divine inspiration and they were all like witness to it. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, so God accepts the son's sacrifice. He raises him up, gives him dominion over the angels, uh, over all things in heaven and earth, uh, and, and all of uh, heaven sings hymns to praise him. Right. Yeah, so I think the stuff that's happening between God and the son is very interesting, like theologically and philosophically. Um, I had trouble with it literarily. Like I, I, it throw, mm. going away from Satan's point of view really threw me this early. Um, but I guess we're going to be doing that a lot. So maybe if I read yeah. this a second time, geez, if I have some other <laughs> quote unquote friend who makes me read this again uh, sometime <laughs> in the future. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll be like, oh, that's just sort of part of the tenor of it. But but I think mm -hmm. it's, you know, it, it feels a little weird to me that this is stuff that we're supposed to know, but not Satan. It's not Satan finding this out that, you know, I can right. just imagine that again, if you're rewriting it, um, you know, towards the end of Act 2, <laughs> uh, Satan's like, oh, I'm really going to kick, you know, um, Jesus's butt. And then it's like, well, guess what? Uh, you know, we, we made this decision a, a whole while ago and then right, we've just been yeah. living out this um not quite predestined but uh, this thing we've already seen is going to happen right yeah right so yeah i was not sure about seeing it through god's point of view i'm not sure yeah. why, why we do that it is i mean you know let's 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 just you know tell the truth and shame the devil folks like those are the most interesting parts of the book the devil parts the devil parts yeah. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want more devil <laughs> yeah right so so we get we get here this so so this this part of book three this beginning of book three mm -hmm. We assume like it's it's for our benefit, right? Because mm -hmm. it's God kind of like, you know, explaining the cause cause Satan is not privy to this conversation. Right. Right? Like he is, you know, he's down there, you know, going duh, 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 right? <laughs> thinks he's being real sneaky. Right. Um but uh yeah, so so he doesn't hear any of this. Right. So this this is only for us, right? Um this is like the you know, the monologue or a Disney song, right? It's it's for our benefit, right? Right. Um, so I don't know enough theologically um whether this idea that uh that Jesus existed in a form before he was Jesus mm. as this that's very interesting stuff. Uh, I'm wondering if that's I don't know the answer, whether that's Milton completely doing this for the very first time where, um, you know, the the son exists on his own, is a character. Right. He is part mm -hmm. of God, but he's able to have a conversation. And then God right. like makes him, you know, that we have that term God made flesh, God incarnate. Right. incarnate. Um, yeah. So Which that, uh, um, classical stuff you should know, like they point out literally just means put into meat. <laughs> That, that's a gross way. Of, like right. Incarnate, right? <laughs> God made flesh is a nice term, but yeah, yeah God yeah, made sure. meat is a. Right. <laughs> it's not as nice, but well, yeah. You think yeah. of like you know chili con carne, and, you know, and all that stuff. <laughs> right. God, I'm going to hell. Please. No, no, no. But uh, but that's what it is, right? That's the idea. Is like we've taken uh -huh. part of God and made him, you know, not low, but as as something that is low. Right. We've made him right. flesh, right? Um, right. But yeah, so I'm, I'm wondering. That's an interesting idea that that you know that the God and the Son were separate. I don't know how to say it. Not separate beings, not quite separate, but they are separate characters enough. Yeah. Uh, I get what, like, that was something that I was having trouble with. Like, mm -hmm. like, is God sitting there essentially talking to himself right now? Or is he, yeah. like, like, does he know what the son is going to say? He must, right? Yeah. 
Can't like, hide from himself. He's got. Yeah. <laughs> or can't. Well, he can do anything, can he? <laughs> right. But he's not an angel right. that, that then God turns into Jesus. Right. So, yeah, folks, let's make that clear right, right now, mm-hmm. right? So, so God poses the question to everyone in heaven, all mm-hmm. of the angels and the sun. The right. sun is there, right? Um, and, but, like, the sun is not, like, another angel. Mm-hmm. The, sun, the sun is God's son. Right? <laughs> Yes. Or like like part of God, right? Part of, yeah, so it's interesting stuff. So all that whole conversation is interesting and, and the ramifications of that are interesting. I'm just not sure if I understand it, yeah, from a mm-hmm. literary standpoint. Yeah. I believe there was I think we talked about this before when we talked about um the Archangel Michael, mm-hmm. how uh some denominations of Christianity believe that Michael, right, the oh, name right. meaning mm-hmm. who is like God, right? right. That's mm-hmm. what the name means, uh was like proto Jesus. Right. Like mm-hmm. was Jesus before Jesus became human. Right. Um, now, I don't know. I don't like definitely Milton doesn't think this because we're going to meet Michael right. in, mm-hmm. in, in a couple books later. But, um, but I also think, yeah, the sun, like the idea of the sun existing as a separate, but also like joined entity mm-hmm. from God, the father um, is like existed before, you know, Milton mm-hmm. did this. But yeah, so so that is how the first part of uh, this book ends, right? So that's the scene up in heaven. It ends with like much rejoicing and uh, the singing of hymns, right? Uh-huh. And I love like if you wanted to, like you could you could kind of have like this, you know, slow pan right down below the clouds. You know how you know how like you you go into the surface of the clouds or the water, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of like moves in front of the camera, right? And it gets obscured for just a little bit, and then it whoosh, right? Now you're like <laughs> seeing you know the sky, right? Or something, mm-hmm. right? So everyone's like, yay! Hey. And you know it goes down. A cloud covers the screen. And it's like, meanwhile, down on Earth. Yeah, good. We got some Satan stuff now, right? There we right? go. We go right? Back to Satan now. We're back to Satan. Oh, right? good. Yeah, he is. He is getting up to some mischief. So so let's let's rejoin him and see what he's uh, what he's uh, up to. So, uh, so uh, I say he's on Earth, but mm-hmm. I kind of lied. Um, uh, from what I can tell, he is in the firmament, which is like a solid. Like we look up at the stars today, and we all yeah. understand. Well, most of us understand that, that there's no right. matter to it. But in the ancient exactly. world, it was it was there's a physical thing that the stars are stuck in. And then um, I forget which yeah. story we were reading where that's like was, oh, in the uh, the uh, key of Solomon. The Testament of Solomon. The Testament yeah, of Solomon, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Where we say, yeah, that that's where angels actually live in the firmament. It's a physical right. angels place. Angels and demons, and yeah. Demons, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. what the stars are, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So he's walking on or in the dome, which we mm-hmm. used to believe was like the roof of the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With all the like stars and the planets and the sun and the moon, you know, they're, that's where they're placed, right? Right. And yeah, Keenan is absolutely right, right? In the Testament of Solomon, um, we talked about how mm-hmm. like before the concept of hell, we believed that the demons actually resided in that firmament, right? right? Um, in, in like a place between the earth and what they called the outer darkness, mm-hmm. right? And Solomon would ask what star the demons came from and, and each of them would like name a star or a constellation or the moon or whatever, right? I'm a Pisces. That's why I'm late all the time. Yeah, or I'm exactly. a Pisces, so I get to be late all the time, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius, so I say rude fucking things to strangers. Ass hat. Yeah, I can't and it's help okay it. because I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> oh, that's just me. That's just me. Right. Yeah, but yeah. So, um, so now Milton is saying, oh no, 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 no. Like demons come from hell, mm-hmm. but yes, there is still a firmament separating the earth from chaos, mm-hmm. um, and and what we now know as uh, space, right? They actually saw as like a tapestry on the firmament, right? Um, so yeah, so that's where Satan is right now. He's walking uh, in or on 
the firmament, um, and Milton describes him like a vulture circling and searching for his prey. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick note, pay attention. Every time Satan is compared to an animal. Um, I could be wrong, but I think this is the first time um, once he's out of hell, because in hell, like he's compared to mm-hmm. like a titan uh, and a king and all these like splendid things. But now um, the comparisons start to devolve. And even if this isn't the first one, this is the first one that I caught. So, so now he's like a vulture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes these are figurative like now mm-hmm. and sometimes well you know we'll, we'll see <laughs> that's a really i think you know what yeah, i'm getting I'll keep, I'll keep track well yes i understand yeah. later what's going to happen <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean he's going to turn into a snake <laughs> sorry was that inelegant <laughs> was a little too patronizing <laughs> anyway um but yeah, so Satan's walking along and he observes that there's nothing here. No living things, no plants, no rocks, nothing. And Why that's would when he observe that? I don't know. He ain't never been. Um, they, just, they just invented Earth. I tip, like. I think <laughs> maybe, okay, I don't think it's him observing. I think it's Milton <laughs> yes, telling us. I think so. That was it's, my point. Because, <laughs> hey, there's no rocks it's here. It's so there's weird. No it's not there's like no Earth nothing. in the 1600s where there's, yeah. there's plants and rocks and things. <laughs> Where's the special K? <laughs> they just invented Earth, and Satan has opinions on it, how weird yeah, it looks, right? which is very strange to me. But he's wrong because it's not even Earth, you <laughs> dummy. Satan. Mr. Columbus over here. Right. Like, this Earth is full of, uh, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, I think it's Milton telling us that this right. place is barren, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, Yeah. Um, and, and he chimes in, and he says uh, later, uh, Milton does, he chimes in, and he's <laughs> right. not Satan. <laughs> But yeah, Milton chimes in and he says, uh, later, this place will be filled with, quote, of all things transitory and vain, when sin with vanity had filled the works of men. And he says it will rise up like steam or smoke and build up here in the firmament Mm -hmm. and just like swirl around until the end of time. And I like how you can take that both literally and figuratively. Mm -hmm. Like it almost sounds like he's talking about pollution, Uh Um, like the product of man's machines and his ambition, Um, but also just like this is as high as man's ambition can rise mm-hmm. and it just gets stuck here and swirls around in the firmament. So like, like once that happens, this place will become sort of like chaos itself, but it will be le- a chaos created by man. Uh-huh. Um, and can, uh, uh, Milton calls it the paradise of fools. Mm-hmm. Um, he also refers to it as the limbo of vanity. Oh my God, they did it one time and then they came <laughs> back and did it. Uh, but yeah, so so yeah, so Satan's walking along, and he comes to a stairway. Um, it's stairway to heaven, folks. Oh, I'm uh, I'm sorry. Let me let's go back. That, a that was bit. a joke. I know, I know, that I know. Was, was... I was looking something up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's you not, go back. You're supposed to pay attention when I make jokes. <laughs> I know. I was trying to find it. so people will think it's funny, <laughs> even though it's not. Information to teach them. <laughs> <laughs> so as you were speaking, I was I was yes. trying to look up. <laughs> There we go. Right. I will edit that laugh and I will thinking put it about, no, right like, after my stairway to heaven joke. <laughs> wait, wait, let's come back. Let's go back. So I was thinking about pollution. No, I like this organic. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Let me let me. Thinking about let me pollution and like we yes. don't necessarily associate pollution with England until the 1800s, but apparently, right. yeah, apparently, no. They, people were talking about pollution um, as soon as we started using coal in a big way. So, oh. so I'm seeing um, this paper here: air-quality.org.uk. Okay. So according to them, in the history of air pollution in the UK, they're saying that they have found evidence of people complaining about air pollution and the use of coal as early as 1273. 
Uh-huh. So where uh, in London they were um, they had prohibited coal because it was quote prejudicial to health. And then again in 1306, there was a royal proclamation um, banning craftsmen from using a certain type of coal that here is called sea coal. I don't know what that is exactly, right? Mm. But so, yeah, so perhaps Milton was talking about pollution because it does seem like an anachronism, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely does. Yeah. Oh wow! Thank you for that. I wasn't even. I wouldn't. I. I didn't even uh, do that uh, uh, research to find out whether I was right or not. Well, I did it now instead of laughing at your joke. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. All right. All yes, right. Yes. Yes. Where are yeah, we? Was the, if anybody missed it, that was the <laughs> stairway to heaven joke. <laughs> that I was actually quite proud of. But um, it's very good. Yeah. Hey. Upon upon researching this book. Um, I think everybody else who has talked about this book has made that joke also. <laughs> no, it's a very good joke. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> stairway to heaven. Um, but okay, specifically, it, it, Milton says it is the stairway that Jacob sees in his dream with all the angels going up and down. That's a ladder. I thought was a ladder. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, that, you know that little thing you do with string and you make like cool designs, mm-hmm. right? They don't call it Jacob's staircase. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so so uh, beyond beyond this staircase, mm-hmm. he can see a kingly palace gate covered in gold and jewels. And as he's looking at it, mm-hmm. the stairway descends. It it almost kind of like like moves closer to his feet. Um, and Milton reflects like maybe this is you know tempting Satan to try again, mm-hmm. you know, to try to regain heaven, or like you know just like kind of like reminding him that he can never like re-enter paradise. Right. But just then. He also catches sight of another passage Mm -hmm. just under the staircase leading deeper into this new world. And Milton says that even though he had just glimpsed heaven via this stairway (laughs) to heaven, he was struck by the beauty of this new place. Mm -hmm. And so instead of heaven, he chooses the downward path, right, rather than the stairs. Mm -hmm. And I almost want to take this as and I know I'm completely wrong because like Milton is explicitly saying in the poem that 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 this isn't what this is but I almost want to take it as Satan is presented with a choice mm-hmm. like he can he can move back into he can work for grace again right he can climb this arduous stairway back up to a place of redemption or you know he can continue on his way you know down this lower path and you know fuck up God's project mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and and he chooses to go down uh, the lower path. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, we could take that, um, you know, either way. Uh, I don't think that's what Milton was going for, but you know, that's, that's how I read it. That's how I read it too. I don't quite understand the other way that what it wouldn't be. Well, because Milton specifically says in the poem, it's like, uh, perhaps it was to tempt Satan Mm -hmm. to try to regain heaven, or Mm -hmm. perhaps it was to remind him that he could never regain heaven. So like it, it, it seems like Milton is saying that it was like, kind of like a jab at Satan. It's Mm -hmm. like, ah, you Mm -hmm. want this? You're never going to get this again. Right. Okay. But I wonder I wonder if it's like God extending his hand to Satan's like, hey, like, you want to try this again? You want to <laughs> like come back up and like 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 he's 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 knocking on, you know Heaven's door. Of- <laughs> <laughs> he's not yes. he's knock knock knocking on Heaven's door? <laughs> yes, yes, he's knock knock knocking. Um But no, like it that metaphor of, of Satan being up in his room mm-hmm. and, and God's just kinda like, Hey buddy, like, you know, you hungry? Mm-hmm. Like I got some food out here. Right. Like you wanna you wanna like try talking again? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I like that's how I read this the staircase moving to be. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. But anyway, in any case, um, Satan doesn't take the staircase. Uh-huh. Right? right. He he takes the lower path and he goes down uh, 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 rather than up. Mm-hmm. Right. And now he is properly in the firmament, uh, in what we would call 
outer space, right. right? And he's flying past all the planets and the stars, and and he's like reflecting. He's wondering like who lives on each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he doesn't stay to ask. Uh, he soon spies the sun, the brightest of all things in that place, and so he heads there. And when he lands, Milton says he observed the sun as no astronomer on Earth was able to. Mm-hmm. So he's he's on solid ground, and it's not a place of fire, but of brilliant, dazzling light, as if uh, shining from the brightest gold and the brightest jewels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Milton also makes pains to let us know that this light doesn't hurt your eyes. It's not, it's not that kind of uh, bright light, but rather it makes visible all things, and you can see all things clearly, even far off. And remember, folks, Milton is by now blind. Mm-hmm. So take note whenever he talks about this type of light, which can allow you to see. Right. But do not take note that you should look in the sun because it won't hurt your eyes. No, do not. No. <laughs> the sun is actually not at all like Milton's sun. It's, yeah, you will hurt your eyes, right? Yeah. With, with, um, with ocular fire rather than penal <laughs> rather fire. Than yeah. Right. So yeah, so so Satan is uh, he's on the surface of the sun, mm-hmm. he's looking around, taking it all in, and then he notices he's not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, a little ways off, uh, with his back to Satan, there's an angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Milton says, "quote The same whom John saw also in the sun. His back was turned, but not his brightness hid. Of beaming sunny rays, a golden tire, I think is how you say it, mm-hmm. circled his head." But like they're saying, t- it's T I A R. So not like not like you know. A Michelin, <laughs> a golden tire, tire. right? Tiara. Yeah. Tiara. Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs> um, nor less his locks behind illustrious on his shoulders fledge, with wings lay waving round. On some great charge employed, he seemed, or fixed in cogitation deep. Mm-hmm. So even with his back turned, this angel is resplendent and glorious. Milton's uh, hinting about it uh, being the same angel that John saw doesn't really help. He's referring to Revelation, mm-hmm. but that angel is never actually named. Uh, in the Bible. Um, this angel is not actually uh, in any of the canonical books of the Bible, but he does feature in some of the apocryphal texts. This is Uriel, whom we'll remember also featured in the Testament of Solomon. Um, I believe he was the opposing angel to the demon Orneus, mm-hmm. who's uh, played by Gilbert Gottfried. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, 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 hang on. <laughs> who's played by Gilbert Gottfried? Because <laughs> right, he's always th- uh, sucking thumbs, right. remember, guys? Right? Yeah. But yeah, so, so here... Uriel is one of the seven archangels, along with Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and three others um, that I forgot their names. Um, but they probably have L at the end. Um, yes, probably. Right. <laughs> let's let's just say that. Yeah. Um, but specifically, Uriel is associated with wisdom and enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, see what you're doing, Milton. Yeah. So of course he would be living and working in the sun. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what he's doing now. Milton says he's got his back to Satan and he's busy doing something. Um, I don't know why, but I imagine he's in front of like a huge control panel Mm -hmm. or something or like a bunch of screens and he's got a clipboard and he's just like recording data, making sure, you know, everything's running smoothly. Mm -hmm. Right. But no, like, like Keenan, have you ever um, read or seen the Phantom Tollbooth? No, that's one that I know that all my friends know from their childhood and I I don't know. It it. is. It is so great. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 book is great. It's got like a whole lot of like great passages in it, mm-hmm. like great one liners, which is like really really well written. And then also the the movie, the animated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Chuck Jones who did it. Yeah, um, was was amazing. Yeah, check that out, folks. The Phantom Tollbooth. We're giving you we're giving you so much homework <laughs> in this one. Um, but okay, so there's a character in there. I think his name is uh, Chroma the Great, mm-hmm. um, who, if I remember, orchestrates the passage of night and day. 
So he's like a conductor. He's dressed like a conductor. Okay. And like every, you know, uh, a day or night, like, you know, in between like sunrise and sunset, um, he, you know, he goes out onto the top of this hill and he raises his baton. Um, so like sunrise and sunset are like movements in a symphony. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I imagine Uriel is doing. Mm-hmm. Like he's up there in the sun and he's like making sure all the celestial bodies are, are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. So he's, he's not he's, planting he's... sunflowers up there or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or uh, like eating sun chips or whatever, you know. No, no. If he was eating sun chips, Satan could hear him all the way in outer space <laughs> with those loud bags. Yeah, yeah. Sun chips. That's 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 Satan's contribution. He invented those after coming back from the sun. He's like, I got an idea, and they'll get everywhere, no matter how careful you are. And you'll be and you'll be sitting on the couch, and you'll you'll dig in between the the cushions. You'll be like, oh, there's. And because you're and because you're gross humans, you'll eat it. <laughs> that sun chips from seven years ago, and it looks and yeah. tastes the same. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're healthier for you than regular <laughs> chips, <laughs> right? Because the sun—it's so weird. I, t- I don't think they, I don't think they ever made that health claim ever, like on the bag, because they just know it's not true. Uh-huh. But does, doesn't it? Didn't it just always seem like, oh yeah, they're healthier? I- because they taste worse than regular chips, so they must be really healthy. <laughs> so anything, anything that tastes like, yeah, just like on the spectrum of taste, right. like, like down in the bottom end, like it's like, well, it must be healthier because it tastes like shit. It doesn't taste as good as a potato, so this must be good for you. I don't know. Like, I like, I like me some sun chips. <laughs> yeah. I'll have some. Hey, you know what? Like, I'll just, I'll just eat whatever. You know? That's me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Then again, don't ask me about what's healthier. What's not. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask either of us. Like, you know, I may look, I may look like this, but. Uh, no, 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 no. Inside, I'm out, outwardly. I'm I'm shining like Lucifer. Inside, I'm 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 the circle of gluttony. That's right. When I sit around the circle of gluttony, I really sit around. Yeah. No, no, no. I work out, Keenan. This mm-hmm. is the secret. Yeah. I I don't know if you know. I do. I work out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I I don't know if I've mentioned that on the show. Um, I do it so that I can eat more. <laughs> That's, that's all that's it the is. Trick, huh? You might be thinking it's like it's like, oh Lester, don't you want to like, you know, live longer? Don't you want to look better? No. I want those sun chips. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I keep finding them in my couch cushions. <laughs> <laughs> that's my heaven. Is I can stop all this exercise. And just reach your hand into there. the couch cushions whenever you want, <laughs> eat whatever's in there. And I'll pull out a personal <laughs> pan pizza. I'm like, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yes. A Twizzler that never ends. <laughs> right? The other end is just forever in the couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're just pulling it out like a magician's trick. <laughs> and God comes in. He's like, hey, do you want to, do you want to like, um, you know, like see the rest of heaven? Do you want to, <laughs> you know, you've been, you've been up here in this room for, you know, a while. And, you know, I'm a little bit worried about you. You know, just like, are you still eating the Twizzlers? All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, you can do you can do what you want. That's I gave him free will. I guess, That's you know, funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So so uh, so this guy Uriel is um, this guy this angel. He's he's so wrapped up mm-hmm. in in his work, you know, on the sun uh, that uh, he doesn't notice Satan, and Satan's like, oh shit, and <laughs> no, he doesn't say that, but but he quickly changes himself into a cherub. Um, mm-hmm. Not a, uh, a cherubim, um, specifically a little baby cherub. Mm-hmm. So I guess Milton saw them as two different things, like cherubim and cherub. Right. Um, but that gave me a visual, actually. Um, like, like Satan gets it wrong at first, 
right? So he changes into this giant, multi-winged, multi-headed angel, and you just hear like, <laughs> right? And so then we we cut to a close up of Uriel. Like he hears something, and and he uh, you know behind him, and he turns, and just in time, Satan has realized his mistake, and now it's just this little little fat cherub. <laughs> Right, but he's like the the Fred Armisen on uh, Broad City who doesn't want to. I think he, what is he? He, he, he owes some. He owes them money, but he just uh-huh. says, "No, I'm a little baby. <laughs> I'm yeah, a baby. No, <laughs> I have no money. I could pay you in blocks." <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly that's exactly how I imagined. Right. I think that's I think that's how Milton wrote it specifically. <laughs> I was a little baby. <laughs> I think that's even the voice I used when I mentioned this book in previous minutes. Exactly. And so, yeah. Um, so, so uh, Uriel turns, and uh, and Satan addresses Uriel the way that a lower-ranking angel would address a superior. Mm-hmm. Um, he hails him as one of the seven archangels and as God's eyes keeping watch on the earth. Um, Satan says that he's. <laughs> Oh, wow. I really actually did write it. Um, <laughs> Satan says that he's just a little cherub. I'm just a little cherub who, ca- who came here from heaven because he was so... No, people are going to hate us. Um, I just do no, the rest just, of the episode like that. I just want to do... Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Give us a five-star review. No. Five-star no, waiting no. and we'll woo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the secret. We gotta, we just gotta be so disgustingly cute. Yeah, it was like, oh, I can't, I can't help I can't it. Give you them know. a four star rating. Look at that. Yeah, it's like, look at those, look at those fat little legs. I gotta, you know. Yeah, but I, I, it works for Satan, right? Um, Advice from yeah, Lester so- Ryan Clark: Be more like <laughs> Satan. Yes, only when he's trying to deceive people with cuteness. Yeah. But yeah, so so he says he he says to Uriel that he's just a little cherub who came here from heaven because he was just so curious. I can't not do the voice. Cool he's he is. So curious <laughs> about God's new project. And 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 oh please don't be mad, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Uriel. I know I'm not supposed to be out here, but but like I just couldn't resist the temptation. I mean, the burning desire. I mean, the opportunity to see it for myself, right. right? And guys, Uriel immediately buys it because, as Milton says, for neither man nor angel can discern hypocrisy, the only evil that walks invisible, except to God alone. So because Uriel is good and he has never known evil, okay. he can't see it, mm-hmm. right? So he just implicitly trusts this, this little angel, right? <laughs> and he does this thing um, that, that parents and, or you know, teachers do. He's like, well, you know you're not supposed to be out here, but your intentions are innocent, so I'll let it slide, right? It's like, yeah, you can go take a look, mm-hmm. right? But then he's like, but I'm not sure a little cherub like you can fully appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Who really can fathom the full breadth and glory and the majesty of God's work? I was there when he created light. I was there when he created the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth. And if I were writing this, we would cut back to Satan right now. And you'd see that he's getting a little agitated. You know, this guy's going on about how awesome the cosmos is and, and how awesome God is. And, and Satan's tapping his little cherub foot. Right. But then, but then Keenan, it like, it, he's so angry that it becomes a hoof. Right. Right. And Oriole doesn't notice because he's going on and on about this new infrastructure that God has put him in charge of. Right. Um, you know, and then he goes off on a tangent about the war in heaven. And, and he's like, oh, man, that Lucifer. What a loser. And tiny little horns poke out of Satan's cherub curls. And he's like, oh, I heard that he was misunderstood. 
Like a tragic hero, maybe. Yeah, it was like, a, you know. But Uriel's like, no, nah, the guy was a loser. Just a, just a stupid idiot loser. Loserfer is what they should call him. And Satan bursts into flames, but Uriel has just turned around, right, already to like, mm-hmm. like face the control panel. And he's like, actually, God told me to watch out because this big loser is probably going to try to get into Eden. But man, look at this security system. Ain't nothing getting past this baby. Right. And Satan tries to speak, but it's, you know, the Satan voice and he's, uh-huh. he's got a cough. Right? Oh, he's like, he's like <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's now it's the little cherub voice. And he's like, wow, what a loser. <laughs> well, I this has, you know, some questions I have. So like, uh-huh. so Uriel is innocent. Yes. So that he's so naive, but they just fought a war well, you know, yeah. against So was Uriel not there? Was he just running the sun panel the whole time? Or? No, no, Uriel was there. He, yeah. So what he, does he mean? He doesn't know that there's. Well, yeah. No, no, but like he doesn't. I think what Milton's trying to say mm-hmm. is if he saw Lucifer mm-hmm. or Satan, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to let you in here. <laughs> but he doesn't He doesn't understand he, – he can't fathom the concept of lying. Okay. So lying is the part, right? So so this cherub says he's not mm-hmm. Satan. Well, no, actually, just this cherub just says he's a little baby cherub. <laughs> well, then he must be – who would want to pretend to be this disgustingly cute little thing? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not a magnificent, resplendent angel like Lucifer, right? Yeah. I also wonder if they know that his name is Satan now that he's changed. Or... Oh yeah, yeah. Because they, I don't think, like that, like Milton tells us, mm-hmm, right? right? But there's no, there's no, it's like, and from henceforth you shall be called Satan, unless I don't know, because because we're gonna flash back to the battle in heaven, um, in one of the later books. So maybe right. I don't know, maybe that'll you know get okay. uncovered there, right? But, well, uh, Uriel, you done messed up big time, buddy. Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm telling to our, our listeners, if next time a baby comes up to you asking to see stuff, you just yeah. kick it in the balls. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never know, it right. might be the devil. <laughs> right, but be the lord of all darkness, <laughs> father of lies. Yeah. <laughs> Better safe than sorry, says Lester yeah. Ryan Clark. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to quote me and not and not yourself? Oh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a little baby. I'm just a little co-host. I'm just... <laughs> I don't have the squipped in front of me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, so yeah, folks, you know, that... Um... You know, that friend that just had a kid, you know, mm-hmm. ask you to hold it. Don't. <laughs> Don't hold it. No. Mm-mm. Oh, no. It wants something. Trust me. <laughs> it looks like it wants love. Don't trust nah, it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Nah. <laughs> it wants the fall of all mankind is what it wants. <laughs> but yeah, so, so, um, so eventually, yeah, yeah, Uriel finishes up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. talking about, talking about how, how great all of God's works are. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he eventually tells uh, Satan the way to Eden. He points the way. Um, <laughs> Satan thanks him and he bows low. Again, we assume that, that Satan actually outranked him up in heaven when he was uh-huh. Lucifer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's pretending that he's a lower rank here. Right. Um, and he flies away down through the atmosphere, circling down and down until at last he lands on Mount Nephates. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, geographically, Nephates is the ancient name for a mountain range in Asia Minor, uh, uh-huh. now known as the Taurus Mountains. Uh, these mountains are now located in modern-day Turkey. Well, no, I guess they would always have been located in <laughs> modern-day Turkey, Lester. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You guys know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so that's geographically. Literarily, okay. uh, specifically in Roman mythology uh, and literature, Nephates is mentioned as a mountain in the story of, um, oh, I'm going to try this, uh, P-H-A-E-T-H-O-N, Phaethon. Phaethon, yeah. Phaethon, right? That's what, 
That's what uh, superhero priests say. <laughs> Faith on! <laughs> right? Before they summon Captain Planet. That's right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so Phaethon was the son of the sun god, Helios. Mm-hmm. So we got some sun uh, stuff here. Uh, according to the myth, Phaethon attempted to drive his father's chariot across the sky, but lost control, causing chaos and disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I like how like this is the mountain that that Satan lands on. He just got finished talking to, uh, you know, the the person who lives and works inside the sun, right? Uh-huh, right. But yeah, so here we have Milton borrowing from uh, Roman mythology, uh, just like his predecessor, Dante. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, folks, that is book three of Paradise Lost. Satan is in the building, okay. um, or the earth. Be um, careful out there, everybody. Yeah, everybody watch out. Um, <laughs> he's here, folks. He he walks amongst, he he wants your, your extra long Twizzlers. <laughs> he's coming for you. Um, <laughs> You know what? I I have a box here in my office of peppermint bark, uh-huh. and I I love it. And I just pulled out a a piece of peppermint bark that had no peppermint on it, and I was so mad that I uh-huh. I sent a picture to my boyfriend, and I think that was Satan. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. I was just gonna say he's like he doesn't like us. He doesn't like us joking about him. So he's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to believe it's a manufacturing error. <laughs> I believe that Satan stole all the peppermint off my peppermint uh-huh. bark. So he doesn't care when smarter people talk about Paradise Lost. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's going to make me look really good. Right. But he's like, what are they? This is personal pan pe- What? <laughs> Get rid of this guy's no. peppermint. And he doesn't even like peppermint. He didn't yeah. even eat it. That's no. the worst part of it. No, he, he steals it and he throws it away. <laughs> Just so you can't have it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah Everyone so, be careful. Mm-hmm. He, has, he has landed in Eden. Uh, what's going to happen next? Well, I think we know what's going to happen next. Let's not, <laughs> let's not, you know, pretend we don't. Um, But we'll see how Milton tells it in the next installment of The History of the Devil, where we will be looking at book four of Mm -hmm. Paradise Lost. For now, that is all of my notes. Keenan, is there anything else? No, I think we got it. All right, we got it. Folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Howdy Keenan. Yeah, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Uh, Thank you so much to everyone who has shared the show by word of mouth or on social media, and a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate that. It's going to help. It's going to help our widow podcast grow (laughs) and and find more nice people like you. I think think we just lost a couple of ratings. I think that... Just made some people who already gave us a rating. <laughs> no, don't tell them they could do that. They might not Go, understand that they're. Oh able no, no, to actually, do that. no, no, no. I tried that, folks. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. No, no, no. It's not. no your re- your reviews are forever. That's it. <laughs> they're eternally in the past, present, and future. You can't, you can't, you can't go back and correct them. No matter how bad we get. Um, yeah, but yeah. But thanks, Mr. Westa. <laughs> thanks for the show. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the the power power of Fred Armisen compels you. You know, any, any, you know, uh, the, the council of hell reconvenes, right. You know, mm-hmm. and he calls them all there. Right. And, and everyone's like, you know, but, but Satan's chair is empty. Right. And it's like, Oh, where's Satan? Where's Satan? It's like, we're going to hear about like his update. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but then, 
it's not empty, but you just see like, you know, onto the table, these two chubby little arms and he, and he pulls himself up. And he's like, Webble angels. I have accomplished my, my, my duty. Duty. He's still in the little baby terraform because, of course. because he found out like as he, as he's flying back, he has a lot of time to think. He's like, you know, like of all the forms that I've, you know, I've been, I've been a snake. I've been a, you know, like a, a, a you know, a, a, an angel with bat wings. I've been an angel with regular wings. I, you know, I like this little cherub thing. You know? <laughs> but Beelzebub is like, I don't know if that's a really good idea, boss. <laughs> I don't think that's the way to rally the troops, boss. <laughs> and then, and then Satan's like, oh, stop being such a grumpy grump, Beelzebub. <laughs> Great. And I don't know, in, in, in this version, does does this charm Beelzebub or is he more disgusted? He's, I don't know. I think uh, our listeners are certainly disgusted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's, uh, yeah, let's get out of here. Okay, all right. Good night, everybody.